0: Hello and welcome to this episode of Skill Up Like a Superhero, the podcast that answers your questions about careers and certifications in technology. I am your host, Dwayne Natwick, also known as Captain Hyperscaler, a certified trainer for Microsoft. I'm also a Microsoft MVP. I'm a certified trainer for ISC2, Asaka, and CompTIA with close to 40 years of industry experience, where I've served multiple different roles. Uh, today, we will be talking about uh, professional development and interview skills that help to sharpen your image as you look for a position in tech. So let's meet today's guest. Uh, with me today is Candina Janicki. Uh, hello, Candina. Uh, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself?
1: Sure. So my name's Candina. Uh, Dina is easier, so feel free. I have anybody who reaches out to me to just address me as Dina. It's much simpler. Um, I'm a certified master of career services through the National Career Development uh, Association, as well as a certified professional resume writer through the Professional Association of Resume Writers and Career Coaches. Um, Amongst others, uh, I'm sure Dwayne can share my LinkedIn later if anyone's interested in all the little letters that go after. I think the other big one would be I'm a global career development facilitator. Currently, I work for the Microsoft Software and Systems Academy, where I work with the portion of the program that's focused in professional development. Prior to that, I've worked in higher ed and in nonprofits across the scale, helping people to find jobs in every clientele except sex offenders. That's the only clientele I have not worked with. Um, But any others that you can think of, um, I've tried to help them in the best ways that I can to set themselves up for success in finding their career.
0: Thank you very much, Dina. Um, Yeah. And Anybody that's listened to the podcast, you know, we're, this is, uh, this is episode eight of the podcast and you have probably noticed that I have a lot of Microsoft MVPs, AWS community leaders and, uh, and, uh, and technical type people, people with a technical background, uh, but Uh, but if you do look at Dina's LinkedIn, she has just as many letters after her name in non technical aspects as as many of us do in a technical aspect. So, uh, so uh, one of the reasons why I invited Dina is because of her amazing skill set in helping technical people with certain business skills. So uh, so Dina, with that being said, uh, can you tell everyone some of the ways that someone in tech can make themselves more interesting to an employer?
1: I think it comes down to just being able to tell your story, whether it's your history, where you're currently at, or where you wanna go. So when we look at like, uh, we're writing a book, you, you've gotta give a little bit of the structure, where you're at, what you're doing, where you come from, kind of the background, where you're currently at, what's your situation, what action are you trying to approach, what's happening, and then your struggles that you've been through and what what your outcome is going to be, what you hope your outcome is going to be and what you're looking at. And whether it's in IT or any other field, you have to be able to tell the story of who you are, what you do, and where you want to go. And I think one of the ways... <clears throat> it's important to consider is you have to be reflective on the positive aspects and the negative aspects. So you have to be able to look back at your failures as well as your successes and tell those stories, show your growth. In the IT industry, especially because things change day to day, every day. I am not the IT person, as you mentioned, but working with it I see on a day-to-day basis how technology has changed. Look at AI and everything happening. I mean, even in my industry, chat, GPT has thrown a huge rent. You have to be able to show that you have that growth mindset, that you're looking for learning, because what technology you're working on today might not be there tomorrow. But what did you learn from working on that technology that translates? So all of it comes down to being able to tell your story and also understand your brand, what you bring to the table. So you're a, you know, an MVP for Microsoft, all of these other things. Well, so are other people. What makes Dwayne stand out against somebody else? Are you a people person? Are you someone that um, can build relationships across the board? And that's what you're known for. There's a skill set that goes to that. There's a transferable skill set that a lot of people don't think about. Um, I... I hate the word soft skills but i'm going to say it because that's what the majority of them know it but being able to identify those what i call professional skills those are your professional skills because it doesn't matter what industry you're in those are what you are going to have to utilize so all of that kind of falls into what your brand is and it's it comes down to again full circle you have to be able to tell your story you can't tell your story nobody's going to be able to know what to ask you or how to buy in
0: Yeah, that's interesting that you said. I've had conversations around that term soft skills and how, how do we, you know, changing that because it's not really a, it's not really a soft skill. It's, it is a, it's life skills, it's business skills, it's, it's all of those areas, like you said, that are going to be uh, interesting to an employer and understand, you know, your analytical capabilities and your ability to solve a problem. Like you, you mentioned, I like how you mentioned, you know, uh, telling your story from a positive as well as a negative in terms of things that didn't go well and what you learned out of it. Uh, I was, I was taking a course last night. Uh, I'm a basketball coach for my son's basketball team. And I was taking a a, a positive coaching alliance course last night Um, and, uh, and it was, you know, teaching these kids life skills, it's Mm -hmm. kind of the same thing. You know, it's, it's exactly the same thing. Not everything, you know, in sports, not everything's always going to go your way. You're not always going to win. How did, but how did you deal with that in a positive manner? And I think that's exactly what you're saying in terms of telling your story. There's all sorts of things, you know, you, you read, you, you read a book, you watch a movie. Uh, Not everything's all happy. You know, even if it's a, even if it's a rom-com You know, there's, there's some sort of conflict somewhere along the line that they will go through. And, and those are all things that that tell that story and, and are going to get an employer to notice you. Um, Now that's all, you know, that's all great, uh, great information. uh, But how do you, how do you transfer that into you know, uh, into the ability to get noticed among a stack of resumes that's that's going into going into somebody's inbox. You know, we're not not handing handing people paper resumes anymore. It's, you know, linked through LinkedIn, uh, LinkedIn uh, jobs and things like that. You know, how, how what's the best way and your recommendation in terms of, you know, when you're building that story in a res, you know, in a paper format? to get your, uh, you get that resume and get that, inf- that story to really stand out?
1: So for a resume, I think the important thing with the resume for everybody to remember is a resume doesn't get you a job. A resume gets you an interview, mm-hmm. hopefully. That's what we're looking for. It gets you a contact, okay. it gets you <clears throat> somebody reaching out as you're going. So the most important part to a resume, obviously is the first 30 seconds of it. Um, I know you personally have been looking through some resumes Lately, and, and you probably can attest to this, you're gonna scan first to see does enough capture your interest to take the time to read. You know, there's a lot of back and forth. One page, two pages, three pages, what it means. I think in the grand scheme of things, most are gonna tell you if you capture my attention at the beginning and you give me enough interest and I see where you're you're checking off check boxes, I'm gonna look through two pages. I'm not gonna hold it against you that it's two pages. Mm-hmm. But if you don't capture me, I may not read to the bottom of the first page. So there's that aspect of it on the resume itself. But the key thing that's going to come down to is you have to have a resume targeted towards the job. There's no getting around it. You can't have just this one master resume that you're going to spread out to everyone because it's not going to show where you meet their needs. So with a resume, it's a marketing document. It is your marketing document. You have to think about your audience when we talk about marketing, right? You don't market to one audience the same way you market to another audience, unless you've done a whole bunch of research. This is the same thing that it comes into. You have to research the company to see what are the key things that they're looking at. What is the most important thing for this job that they're looking at? Make those matches and make sure enough of them are in that top section that makes them want to read the rest. It's it's. Add your brand in. If you're doing a professional summary at the top of your resume, finish it with your brand. Hey, you get A, B, C, and they're clicking those off in their head going, yes, 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 and ooh, here's the gravy on top of the potatoes. Not only all of that, this person has vast experience in the public sector and they're known for A, B, and C. There's ways to put it down to the point Not a lot of fluff, making sure that you read through your resume and you're not just giving sentences and sentences and sentences. You've got to make it easy to read, easier to the eye. It all comes down to marketing techniques and remembering this is your marketing document. So that's a very simple way to answer. It would take a lot more to get into the details of the actual structure of how you do it. But the key is going to be, did you spend the upfront time doing the research that you needed to do, which includes reading a job description from the top to the bottom. Okay, Don't just skip to the section that says, this is what we require and ignore everything else because you're missing a fountain full of information that's going to help you. Um, and there's lots of processes back and forth on how you can do it. But that's, that's pretty much the key is you want them kind of going check, 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 ooh, gravy as they're mm-hmm. looking at that resume. You want them to want to ask you more.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, that when, when I've looked for a position, it's the same, it's the same thing. You, you, yeah, you look at the job description or, or like you said, the particular job that you're looking for. And, and I'll generally, you know, depending on where I, where I've been in my, uh, in my professional career, have just, you know, have had three or four different resumes keyed up for particular job descriptions and what might be looking, what might be, uh, be the benefit of me to that organization and what I've done in that particular area that really, that really tells the story to hopefully, yeah, hopefully get noticed. Um, Those are, you know, those are all uh, great points. And and like you said, read through the resume, (laughs) know what, know what the resume is asking for, know what the job is going to entail, know what the, you know, if, if it's there, what the compensation package is and everything like that. So that, uh, you know, because, because you're going to put yourself in the wrong light. If you aren't, if you are applying to a position that you really want, but you don't put that, put that little extra effort in, you might, you might not get noticed or, or even, even worse, you might get looked at negatively from a standpoint because, because you haven't, you haven't gone through your due diligence and, and spell check. Oh gosh. Oh Oh, gosh. I, I got one resume that professional was spelled wrong.
1: Oh, lovely! Uh, <laughs> the other thing I would say really is numbers talk, metrics talk. When you're when you're putting mm-hmm. your results, if you if you can quantify it, quantify it, make it make sense. Um, show them results. Show them action. I like to tell people to take your narratives, write down your stories, or talk them over with somebody so that you can pull out the key points. One of the things, just from being in the industry, a little over ten years now, working with people helping them find roles and that kind of stuff is we're not really good at selling ourselves. Um, and that's okay. But if you recognize that about yourself, you're not really great at picking out your points. Talk to someone. I will tell you sometimes your kids are the best ones to talk to because they're going to ask you all kinds of crazy questions and make you think, but have those dialogues and let someone else help pick out what were those metrics? What were those challenges? Because you just telling the story can often help you pull out the points that you need for those resumes, that you need for those interview answers. Um, And the other thing I would say with resumes is quantity is not everything. And one thing about this online wonderful world that we have, um, there's the good sides, there's a fountain of information. You can not only look at the job, you should also be looking at the job within that industry because that changes things and changes things that you may wanna look at. Um, If you're doing, you know, cyber in one industry, say education, and then you're doing cyber in the corporate world, or maybe you're doing cyber in a nonprofit or you're doing cyber for a certain type of organizations, it's gonna change little aspects here and there. And you need to think about those, be able to speak to those. That's gonna show you've done the research. You can't, it's, it's physically impossible to do what you need to do for a resume for 200 in a week, not gonna happen. But I've seen people that will go out and say, hey, I submitted 200 resumes this week. Well, for lack of better words, that's called spraying and praying, Um, (laughs) and it's not effective. It's not going to be effective. But if you take the time and really do your research on what organizations and companies and industries you want to work in, how you match them what roles you are specifically looking for. And you take that time, that first initial time, and then you're choosy about what you're applying for. And you're not relying only on the resume. You're then going and networking and taking advantage of LinkedIn and other things to find, hopefully, a hiring manager for that role. Or, hey, some of those uh, LinkedIn job announcements and other announcements tell you who the person is if you go through and read all through. But you reach out, you're able to speak to those connections. You're not just saying, hey, I applied for the job. What do you think? You're you're reaching out and saying, hey, I applied for this role. This is how I match. This is the further questions that I have. That's going to incline a recruiter more likely to reach out to you than you reaching out. I'm sh- I read all the time of recruiters like, oh, I get a million. Here's my resume. What job do I fit? No, you have to do the work for them. You're going to be more successful, not only in getting the interviews, but you're going to set yourself up to be successful in the interview because now you've done the research. You know their pain points, you know where you match, you know where you don't and what maybe you need to address in that interview when you get it to address a concern that they might have before they even have to bring it up to you. It's just little things like that are going to help you stand out because not enough people do it. Even though we know we should,
0: Right. Yeah. You're you're in a situation sometimes where you're you're panicked because you don't especially if you I've always I've always found it um, the easiest to prepare and to be ready for a job search when you're still uh, when, you know, unfortunately, when you're still with when you're still getting paid, you know, then then one when you're when you're unemployed and things like that, because that's when you're doing that that volume, that volume resume sending, because you're like, I, I, you know, I got to support my family.
1: You know, there's
0: a panic level. Um, You know, one of the things that we've uh, that we've talked a lot about on this podcast with, you know, with certain, when we're talking about certified certifications and things like that is, is having a passion for, you know, and, and like you said, a real interest for the job. If you do your research and know about the company and, and know that hey, this is a company I really want to work for. This is a position that I really want to have. That will come across in your interview as well. If you're just if you're just oh, I just need a paycheck, uh, you know that you know the hiring manager is going to recognize that and 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 understand that. And especially when you get beyond the recruiter level to the actual people that you're that you're going to be on the team with. Uh, you know, your your passion for what you do and passion for your story, it really starts to come through. And, you know, I know this just from you know from things that me and you have done together with the MSSA program doing like the technical the technical interviews and things like that. It's not like it's not that you have to know everything, but but one thing that comes across is is your confidence in responding to something you don't know about and that you want to learn about and that you're passionate about enough still could land you the job, even if you're not, you know, because there's there's so many people out there that could do, you know, server admin or cybersecurity and things like that. But, but if they're not passionate about it and they aren't analytical about it and willing to learn about it, and that's kind of been, been really a overarching conversation I've had with a lot of MCTs and, and MVPs on this, uh, on this podcast is it's, you're going to, it's going to be seen and it's going to be understood. You know, and a lot of people say, "Well, certifications don't mean anything." But to a, you know, to the right hiring manager, uh, when they see those certifications and things like that, they know that you're constantly trying to learn and improve right. yourself, and that comes through as well. You know, I, I saw just a few days ago somebody saying, you know, somebody really uh, talking down about uh, about bachelor's degrees. Or, you know, higher ed, higher ed degrees. And I've heard, had other people talk, you know, that I've had conversations that they're like, oh, you know, as long as you have like a vocational, uh, a vocational skill, that's all you need. You don't need to go spend, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars for a university, you know, college or university, which I get that. But when if you're entering the job market, you have to have something to tell your story and to at least show that you've taken some initiative. So getting a degree, getting a certification, having having some level of piece of paper, even, you know, it shows a, a hiring manager that you're, you're motivated to continue to improve yourself.
1: And that's you know, you you've taught, stepped on one of the things that I have said to every client, every uh, person I've worked with on a volunteer basis, to people I've worked with on a paid basis. It doesn't stop when you land the job. That's the key here. If if I leave anybody with nothing, this is the only thing they remember from anything I say. All the research, all the lead up, all the stuff you're doing on LinkedIn, all your networking, all your learning. If you see all the wonderful books behind me, that that's how I like I like the hand. i I'm not. Mine are mine all
0: over here. So <laughs> I, got a, I got got a few behind me. I got the ones I wrote. I got
1: <laughs> yes, exactly because this is this is how I learn and and grow because this is what I'm passionate about and what, what I want to learn more and make sure that the information I'm giving is accurate. But what you want to do is not stop that because you land the job. That's where I, I see the most issues is people think, okay, I'm going to do all this research. I'm going to network with all these people. Oh, I landed this role. Now I'm going to focus solely on this role. And then they let everything else slide. Don't go from job search mode to professional development mode. We don't live in a society anymore. We really don't where you land a job at 18 and you retire at 60 something with a watch and you've been with the company the entire time. That's not not saying it doesn't still happen, but that's not necessarily what the world does anymore. We're in a world of full ambiguity, whether you work in IT or elsewhere, but more in IT. Things are changing constantly. Companies are moving over constantly. We just had a year of layoffs. Just had a year of them. You Mm -hmm. need to always have your resume ready. You need to always have your narrative stories going. You need to be networking and setting a time. Even if it's only twice a week, I'm going to go on LinkedIn and talk to people in my industry and build communications. It may not be for a new job. It may be for something that helps the current role that you're in. It may be new knowledge that you bring to your current role. It could be something that moves you up or moves you into another area. Or unfortunately, if it comes a time where it's time to move on, which could be a good or a bad thing, that's not always a bad thing. But mm-hmm. when it's time to move on, you're not starting from A again. You're not building from scratch. You already have a network established. you already established yourself. You already know what's out there. And to your own point, you can't get lucky if you're not open to opportunity and prepared for opportunity. So I can never remember if it's who the exact quote goes to. It's a Greek philosopher, I believe. But luck is nothing but preparation meets opportunity.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: You have to be prepared when that opportunity comes. So mm-hmm. even me and my my employers know this. I'm always open to work. I am always open to hear an opportunity or listen to something because you never know what that could lead to. It could lead to a great new networking connection. It could lead to a new opportunity that you can grow. Sometimes you can grow up within or sometimes you have to grow out. Or it could lead to an opportunity that you bring to the team that you're on that was never even Mm -hmm. considered. So key point that you brought up there is it it just doesn't stop.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like you said, make your own luck. Exactly. It, it's, it really is. Like there. It you, you don't get lucky. You know, you, like you said, you build your network, um, and continue to, uh, to surround yourself. Like you said, you, you know, you find a job, you find a position that you want. If you're built, built a proper network, like with using LinkedIn and, you know, Twitter slash X or whatever it is, whatever it you, 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 you probably are connected somewhere in that network to maybe somebody within that, position or you have a common connection that with that hiring manager that you can, you know, that might be a friend of yours that may know that person as well, that, that, that helps you out, you know, that, yeah. Uh, you know, those, those, you know, the last, you know, few positions I have had, I, you know, it has have been, you know, every, you know, there's been, there's been questions and surveys about LinkedIn jobs and whether that's valuable uh prior to me starting my own business, you know, a few months ago was, uh, was connections that I had in LinkedIn and, and ways that, you know, the ways that I found work, like you said, just opportunities that came to me, you know, somebody that wanted to, you know, have me develop some content or something like that, or somebody that I previously worked for in another position uh, that was now at another company running a similar group that was looking for somebody, you know, that's, that, that's, an, that's another thing too. You know, you create your own opportunities. Don't burn any bridges ever, you know, always do your proper due diligence and do care in the way that you exit a position yes. because you never know when it's going to come back around. <laughs> yes.
1: And it's just, it's so much easier to network when you're not networking from a position of an ask. So mm-hmm. if, you've, if you've taken the time, even for those of your listeners that may be in school still, that may be working on their degree or they're working on their certifications, don't wait till you're in the job search to start networking. Start talking cyber or network admin now. Start giving your reflections on articles. Start connecting to people in the field and talking to them and learning and growing and using LinkedIn in that learning, growing development aspect. So that when you do eventually end up in the job search, it's a two way street that you can give as much as you're asking. And that's, that's the ideal situation to be in, but it takes time to build that.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, great. Uh, Great insight and information. Um, Now, uh, I know that you uh, provided me with some links that we're going to put in for the listeners in, um, in the description for the, for this episode. Uh, We talked about LinkedIn. What are some other like resources that you can kind of, as we wrap things up, uh, give our listeners uh, a quick, a quick peek into.
1: I would say one big one that a lot of people aren't aware of is career one source. It's actually through the department of labor. Um, If you are a, a data research type person like I am, and you like to, Dig deep, you can get all the way into the Department of Labor stuff, just starting on their nice little pretty um, set that they have you. But it's a way, I keep harping on the research. Career One Stores is a spot for you to start that research. You can look up a job and see what are the other job titles that are kind of associated with that. What skills are they looking for? What certifications are typically associated with that field? It gives you all that information and a nice pretty screen. And if, like I said, if you're willing to deep dive, You can even deep dive into, okay, what about in your part of the country? What about in your city? How many people? What are the job outcomes? You can deep dive each layer. So career one stop right off the top. Um, If any of your listeners are military on top of that, career one stop also has the um, military one stop. So you can click that you're military and it'll even do translations for your jobs, that kind of thing. Career, LinkedIn career explorer is off of LinkedIn. It's more of an open forum type thing. I don't fully understand the technology behind it or how it works, but it does a little bit of a similar thing, Um, but it gives nice connections as you're going through. And it will also show you people that might be in your network that have similar roles to what you're looking for. And again, don't always go by role titles, search by skills as well, because especially in the IT, you guys have this tendency to like to call jobs weird names. But if I look at the job description, it's the same as this, but it's got some fancy, cool superhero name or something like that as it's going through it. Because a lot of outside the box thinking happens in IT and you see it translate over into their HR stuff, which I love, by the way. Um, Another one that we might not think of, you think of Indeed, you think of just the job search part, but Indeed has a career guide. That you can go through. It's got lots of um, information in there. Um, There's organizations like DICE and that kind of stuff. Now you want to do your research and see what they're looking for, but a lot of times they have free information out there that will help you. Something else that I want to leave with is don't forget, we talk about networking, but you know, how do you network? How do you look at that kind of stuff? Look at organizations that you have been associated with. Um, If you are an alum of a school, you need to be looking at the alum. who in your alum network does what you're looking to do. Let's make some connections. Let's look for some mentors. Let's look for some sponsors. There's a difference. See if you can find a mentor and a sponsor. Another thing is, you know, in IT, they're looking to increase diversity and that kind of stuff. So there is women in technology, there's blacks in technology, Um, there's out in tech, there's those kinds of organizations that you need to look into and see what kind of resources there's offering you. Beyond that, there's the networking that goes along with that. So those are just really good starting points. Another one that I would like to call out is we don't always think of the federal government, but if you're in cyber or networking or anything like that, USA Jobs. Go onto USA Jobs and see how the federal government is sourcing those jobs and what they're looking for. And then, of course, always the company websites and those things.
0: great resources. And like I said, we'll uh, put, put a lot of those uh, links in the, uh, in the uh, summary of this episode for everybody to be able to get to uh, easily. So, um, but uh, we're getting close to a half an hour here and we're trying to keep these, keep these within 30 minutes. So, uh, so we're going to have to end this episode, but Dean, I'd love to have you back possibly again, talk more about Interview skills and development and all of those things, uh, you know, are all all things that I know our listeners are are interested in knowing more about. And may, you know, everybody knows how to you know knows how to go take an exam, but uh, but knowing these great business and personal skills. Notice how I didn't say soft skills. <laughs> uh, Uh, you know, are are definitely, definitely something that we can continue that conversation on. Uh, You know, I'm sure there's much more topics that we can, we can hit on around that. Um, So, uh, but uh, that brings us to the end of this episode. So thanks again, Dina. And uh, please subscribe to stay up to date uh, on these episodes. And until next time, always be learning and skill up like a superhero. Thanks.
1: Thank you.